Welcome, listeners, to the adventures of Mecca Betty. Thanks to the Miracle Sides, you can hear me no matter what dimension you are currently occupying. Sit tight and listen to the true tales of heroism, ingenuity, and the adventures from another world. My fellow Americans, today we have had a miraculous yet frightening realization that we are not alone in the universe. Yet this unprovoked attack has not brought us to our knees like they expected. Instead, it has pushed us into showing strengths we did not know we had. At the New World's Fair, which was meant to be a peaceful gathering of the greatest achievements mankind has to offer the aliens, sowed the seed of their own undoing and proved that when we work together, we can accomplish great things. Right now, we have a hero, a symbol of the world's resolve. We have Mecha Betty. But she cannot do it alone. This country cannot do this alone. We need to follow that example and hold together as one people, one world. I ask the leaders of every country to set aside old rivalries and grudges to work together. The president will now take a few questions. Mr. President, Mr. President, what exactly is a Mecca Bay? Um, a hero. She's a hero, and no further questions. I have to go talk to Organize the counterattack against the alien menace. Mr. President, you didn't answer the question. Who is she? What can she do? Where is she? What's going on? Sorry, sorry, I can't hear you. My chopper is ready. While President Van Dyme was rousing the people, Captain Yeager was preparing the crew for the first mission in Skybound Eldritch. Admiral Fairweather had told him that there was so far, they had no luck finding a live alien. And it was the key to begin to understand the enemy. According to our people, the stuff that makes us fly also bamboozles radar. It doesn't make us invisible, but they shouldn't be able to get accurate readings. That's why we're heading south. Reports show that there are regular scouting ships that happen to be where a thunderstorm will be coming through in a few hours. We'll hide from sight in the clouds, catch their attention, and then Betty will lasso one down intact. You want me to lasso a flying saucer, literally inside a storm, and somehow disable it without destroying it in the process? Do you have a problem with that? Actually, no. It's just that this is like three of my biggest fantasies happening at the same time. You want me to take pictures of it, don't you? Please and thank you. Ugh. The Eldritch sailed smoothly through the sky until it approached a storm. Like the ocean during a hurricane, the electromagnetic field rose and crashed as lightning built up, making the ship rise and fall sickeningly. Bolts flashed and curved around the hull of the ship. Bolts attracted and repelled by this field that held them aloft. Kenneth? Do you see them yet? Not yet. I can't see a darn thing. Me neither. Hmm. If we survive this, remind me to upgrade my vision for storm chasing. Look out! Kenneth spawned the scout ships and ducked when they began to fire. Apparently they too were suffering from some vision problems, as they not only missed Betty, but also the Eldridge. There were three of them, and they darted quickly in and out of sight between sections of the cloud. One fired and missed, but caused part of the cloud to glow eerily from the laser fire. Betty took a chance and fired her grappling hook to where she thought the source of the blast was. 
At first she thought she missed and was preparing to reel in for another go. When the line went taut and she was dragged across the deck, she grabbed one of the deck guns, crushing and bending the barrel as she tried to hold on to the saucer. Betty! Kenneth shouted as the turret gave way, allowing the saucer to pull Betty into the swirling, thunderous darkness. Will Betty survive? Will the crew of the Eldridge make a difference? Does this mean the end of the human race? Find out after the break. Welcome back. 
Before the break, Betty was pulled off the deck of the ship and into the thunderous void. Kenneth stared into the storm and shouted out for her repeatedly to only have the rain wash away his words. Hans and Barkley reached out to Kenneth. Don't worry, buddy. Betty's tough. She can handle herself. We should get inside, see if we can pick her up on the radio or something. Inside, the radar technicians were hard at work, keeping track of the saucers. The two nods to Captain Yeager, who was speaking to all the technicians. We're not sure what's going on, but I'm positive Betty's alive. The three alien aircrafts are circling around each other, and it looks like some kind of dogfight. Inside, any luck of getting into radio contact with Betty? Not yet, Captain. She isn't responding to any of our... Wait, I think I have something. We're putting it on main speaker. This is Betty! Do not fire at the saucers! I kind of busted into one. The pilot is out cold, and I have no real idea how to fly this thing! Hmm, maybe this will... Uh, never mind! The alien controls were complicated, and she was not sure if half the things she was pressing were actually buttons at all. She was hoping at least to figure out how to go up, so she could jump onto the Eldritch, but apparently the device merely sprayed a bitter-smelling liquid that, according to her sensors, was not entirely unlike tea. She decided that remaining on board was more likely to get herself killed, so she grabbed the unconscious pilot and jumped out. Oh, please be close, please be close. Oh, where is it? The wind howled around her when she spotted another saucer. She fired off her magnetic grapple and swung like Tarzan, making a sound that closely resembled a rusting transformer and a mating humpback whale. Then she spotted the Eldridge and disengaged the grapple, flying uncontrollably towards the ship's hull, her titanium body hitting it with a loud metallic thud that startled the crew within. Cannons. The massive guns swiveled and fired in the direction of the scouts. The cloud brightened as the shells exploded, sending shrapnel and a concussive force that knocked the small alien aircraft out of the sky. Now that Betty and the crew of the Eldridge have an alien captive, will they finally find out who or what they are? What they are here for? Why they attacked? Find out right now. What's this thing? Kenneth picked up a small business card-like device from the things taken from the alien while it was unconscious. And suddenly a flash of light filled the room where a hologram of an alien appeared. What the heck? Without their armor uniforms, they appeared to be almost human-like in appearance. The hologram showed a gray-skinned humanoid with a powerful legs and relatively thin upper body. Hello and salutations. We are the British, your sector's rulers and enlightenment agents. We are ever so glad to accept you into our nurturing culture, where we will teach you our advanced ideas and beliefs, and in exchange, we only ask for some menial labor, some luxury goods, and, uh... All of these resources. Three dimensional models of various elements and compounds appeared around the alien hologram as it smiled. Its large black eyes staring vacantly at no one in particular. Thank you for your time, and we are dreadfully sorry for any 
minor damage done to your barbaric civilization during the initial colonization process. Well, that was informative. Hmm, I think I hate these aliens now. I legitimately want to throttle that one in particular. Understandable. But for now, let's focus on the one we have. Uh, Captain, uh, permission to speak freely? Uh, I suppose. What is it, Ensign? Are, uh, all the aliens that damn hot? Get off my bridge! When we last left our heroes, they discovered the aliens' reason for invasion in a convenient holographic business card. 
though it had left them more than eager to figure out how to defeat them. But their prisoner was being quite stubborn. You don't need to know nothing. Just surrender and everything will be dandy. You either tell us what I want to know, or I'll take a walk while that metal lady over there has a friendly chat with you, if you catch my meaning. <laughs> yes, very friendly. It doesn't matter. I don't know anything that can help make any difference. Thousands will die, your government will fall, and then we will pick up the pieces to make you an actual civilization. If you think for a single second we'll give up, then you don't know anything about us! Kenneth felt waves of anger flowing through him, and he was tempted to take another swing at the alien, until Betty put a hand on his shoulder. It's okay, Kenny. He's just trying to get under our skin. Admiral Fairweather is calling. He wants us to prep the captive for transport right away. All right. Perhaps whoever gets their hands on you will be a bit more persuasive. Just outside Earth's atmosphere, an imposing ship stood out among the flying saucers, descending upon the Earth in small squadrons. Inside, an alien approached the General's quarters and pressed the intercom. Come in. He entered the quarters and spotted the General going through the motions of their military standard martial arts form, her body dwarfing the other aliens yet moving as fluid as the gymnast. Yes? Oh, um... Uh, for the most part, the invasion is going according to projections. Um, most of the nations of this world have at best level 2 technology, with some random examples of early level 3 technology. Most likely prototypes and barely tested, though one of these has been giving us some trouble. The general stopped her exercise and grabbed a water bottle, dousing a leader before speaking. Her candid smile was almost reassuring. Should I send down a platoon of our mechs, or do you think one ought to do it? One should be sufficient. They have some sort of prototype mech on a flying sea ship, and in one of their population centers, some sort of subgroup has managed to upgrade their fossil fuel vehicles with our technology. The rest is falling well within projections. I'll go down myself, then. You, ma'am? Is that really necessary? I need the exercise. This ship is cramped. And the sooner we are done, the sooner I can see my kids. Get my suit ready, and bring us to that sea ship first. I want to see what kind of piece of scrap these backwater people cobble together. Of course, ma'am. We should be ready to enter their atmosphere within the hour. Would you like me to have the neuroengineer come in and install the local language? Just send it to my terminal. I can take care of it myself. You know my preferences. Of course, as you wish. As the ship began its descent, the crew of the Eldridge were completely unaware of the looming threat. How will our heroes face it? And will this General Helen prove too much for our hero? Find out after the break! Records from here, they're in my view. If you could help me for a second, I will always love you. She's my girl. 
girl. Oh, wait, was that CCR too? Man, go back up the ladder. I'm about to revive. They call me Proud Mary, got a spell on you. If you heard it through the grapevine, then you know that it's true. It's like this and like that. Satisfaction, boo. You can push me and touch me if you really want to. This is Ivy on the mic with the quad in view. You can call me Redwood when this beat rolls through. Cause the roots are so deep, they'd swallow you. Plus, we always so high, we be taller than all of you. There's a 500-meter ship directly above us. Please advise. Captain Jaeger scanned the horizon before looking up, spotting the ship, a small dot far above them. Is it within weapons range? No, it's in our blind spot. The gun modifications haven't been put in yet, and we can't aim straight up. Full speed ahead and turn to port till we are in range. Sir, they're dropping something. The object crashed into the deck, tilting the ship, sending crew and civilians alike flying into the walls. The sailors recovered the ship, brightened itself, preparing to fight. Engineer O'Connor ordered the civilians out of the way. What in the name of St. Patrick was that? It means get down and stay out of the way! The smoke and dust cleared from the impact. The deck nearly caved in from General Helen in her mech suit. She looked like a massive knight in shining armor. The setting sun gleaming across her faceplate. The bridge went silent except for the hum of the engines. Hello and salutations. I am General Helen of the British. 
I believe that there has been a bit of a misunderstanding between our people. Captain Jaeger grabbed the intercom but leaned over to Betty before turning it on. Get ready. I don't think she is here to just talk. Got it. General Helen, what kind of misunderstanding are you referring to? Your people seem to have made it abundantly clear that your intentions are anything but peaceful. <laughs> true. Very true. I'm referring to the foolish misunderstanding that you can win against us. Kenneth, rip the intercom from Jaeger. And you expect us to just let you take over our planet. Would you kindly? It would be much more convenient for me. Though I don't mind doing it the hard way. Excuse me for a second. Betty was positioned herself below where the general was standing, ready to take her by surprise when Helen's fist shot through the steel plating and picked Betty up by her head. Cheeky. Very cheeky. The massive fist started to squeeze. The metal groaned from the pressure. Betty's eyes glowed red and fired a laser blast at her opponent's face. Helen dropped Betty in surprise, and Betty took the opening to punch Helen in the gut, knocking the general into the deck's railings. Betty continued the assault, launching herself at the opponent and fired rapid jabs with her massive mechanical fists. Helen forced her arms up to defend and waited patiently. With each succession of harrowing blows, Betty slowed down more and more, her attacks using more power than her generator could provide. Her batteries started to drain. Running low. Already? Helen uppercutted Betty, cracking the lens of her eye. Betty attempted to fire her particle cannon, but Helen dodged, the beam gouging a metal chunk out of the deck. Her reserve power plummeted as Helen swept Betty's legs out from beneath her. Betty tried to push the alien away, but Helen grabbed her arm. She grappled Betty, pitting our hero against the deck as she twisted Betty's arm. That's the difference between us. You throw your power around without any thought because you think you can just outgun anything. I trained a lifetime, mastering my body and my tools. You're pathetic. The sound of grinding motors and twisting metal were punctured by Betty's screams as the arm gave way. Helen got up and kept Betty pinned down with her foot. She smiled down at the wreckage. Betty's living body could be seen underneath the torn armor of her cybernetic outer shell. Even if your suit was better in every conceivable way, I would have still won. Helen lifted up Betty's arm and swung, launching Betty into one of the remaining deck guns, crushing it into the wreckage. She then contacted her ship. I took care of their so-called superweapon. Pick me up and have the ship finish off this wreck. Barkley couldn't sit back when the fight started turning south. He grabbed a rocket launcher from the armory and fired it at the alien general as soon as Betty was clear. <laughs> Sorry. I need a second to take care of something before you pick me up. You callous bitch! The massive alien swallowed away Barkley's weapon and then pinned him down with her free hat. Could you be a deer and hold this for me? Helen dropped Betty's dismembered limb onto Barkley's own arm, his bones crushing beneath it. Well, it's been fun, but I must be going. I know, I know. As one of your poets once said, parting is such sweet sorrow that I'll say goodnight until tonight becomes tomorrow. With her work done, she leaped off the Eldridge and onto the shawl that carried her back onto the ship. Will the Eldritch survive the imminent attack? Will Betty and Barkley recover from such a fight? 
find out next time on the adventures of Mechabeddy.